Welcome to this BGSM podcast. I'm Ted Pandya, a medical student at the University of Manchester, and joining me today is Professor Michael Callahan. Michael is Professor of Physical Therapies at Manchester Metropolitan University and Head of Physical Therapies at Manchester United. Michael, thanks for coming to speak today. What are the challenges in dealing with groin injuries in elite sport? Well, the challenge is the, the elite sport is at the top of the food chain. So the demands on the athlete uh, or the player are going to be much greater than they are for the, let's call the, the, so the amateur player or the, the player who plays on a Saturday or a Sunday uh, or even two or three times a week. Uh, the demands are less, uh, the expectations are slightly less. Uh, and the time scale is also less pressured for these uh, uh, amateur players. With the elite players, it's a different ball game, and we have to make sure that everything's done possible to really cope with the demands of the treatment and the injury itself, but also the external pressures that come with treating elite athletes. What do you mean by these external pressures? Well. Um, in this day and age, everyone's an expert. You see, you read it in several newspapers what's wrong with several players at the moment. Uh, everyone's become an expert on hamstring injuries, and next week it'll be groin injuries, and the week after it'll be some other injury. Um, these are, are not; uh, these injuries are no longer necessarily confidential. They are out in public domain, and that puts an added pressure on uh, on uh, the club. Uh, we're very lucky at Manchester United, our medical staff um, are excellent and will never see the player become unwell or treated necessarily rushed because of a time pressure. The main thing that most practitioners always remember is that the player is ultimately a patient and therefore we have to treat them as such. How has practice changed over the last few years? With groin injuries, I think it's changed. Uh, people are less likely to want to find the magic bullet quickly and get the player back. Uh, the most obvious example of that is injections. About 20, 30 years ago, uh, there was a real uh, fad for injection of steroid. Um, and uh, that has changed, I think. And rehabilitation in the form of uh, conservative uh, treatment, physiotherapy, exercise, uh, has grown in prominence and that's mainly because uh, research into other areas around the body uh, have found that in actual fact conservative treatment and surgery normally end up with the same end point later on in the follow-up so it hasn't been tried big trial hasn't been done with groin injury uh, and I also think it's been not been done with hip and hip arthroscopy and hip impingement either uh, but this is a big change in the last few years. And the other big change with groin injury is the use of hip arthroscopy now. That's a very much a more advanced technique than it used to be. Are there sort of any adjuvants or some people refer to them as one percenters which can aid recovery? Well, there are lots of things around that are purported to do that. Um, Steroid injections, which I mentioned earlier, has been around a long time to try and improve uh, patient's condition or player's condition. Um, the one that we have to cope with at the moment is the use of um, platelet-rich plasma or uh, autologenous blood products. And that's very popular, particularly in other parts of Europe. There are plenty of uh, places that use it in the United Kingdom as well. Um, and the jury is still out as to the 
in strict evidence based is that they are better than placebo or no treatment at all. Um, and that is the most uh, recent adjuvant that we've had that people wanted to use. There are other adjuvants around, um, not necessarily for groin pain, but there's uh, the use of exogen for speeding up fractures. That's got a pretty strong evidence base. Um, and the use of other things such as um, extracorporeal shockwave therapy, which was developed many years ago uh, for um, in a form of sort of external uh, lithotripsy for kidney stones. And the, the whole sort of research behind that got extrapolated to calcification in soft tissue, which there was a slight tenuous link, you can see that. And now it's just become any sort of inflammation around the tendon might get extracorporeal shockwave therapy in some people's eyes. Uh, we don't have that at Manchester United, and I don't think there's one at the hospital either where I work. So uh, these are other adjuvants that have been used over the years. Do you see these coming more and more into practice? Um, I can see, I think adjuvants such as injections have always been around, and there'll be always fads, and it'll there'll be a waxing and waning of its use. Sometimes it depends on the... Uh, the tradition that the doctor comes from, for example. So um, now with more and more foreign managers involved in football, for example, not necessarily in other sports, but in football, they tend to bring with them that tradition that they've brought from their other countries, where these sort of adjuvants might be far more common than they are here in, in the United Kingdom. What do you think about surgical options the growing? <clears throat> Um, surgical options are extremely helpful and will certainly rescue some players' careers. There's no doubt about that. We've had some very good uh, results from um, surgical procedures being done on players with either you know, complete ruptures of, of muscles, particularly in the groin, and even evulsion fractures. So the success rate is very good on that. And that, of course, is then followed up by a substantial amount of rehabilitation that has to take place. Um, so there is a role for surgery in the appropriate manner, and that really doesn't matter really whether that's uh, an elite player or not. It's more likely to happen to the elite player because you can get it done quickly, and also the demands on getting the player back. So rather than just wait for the conservative option, sometimes as the surgical option is definitely appropriate, we would go with that. Is there a case of waiting for the for to see how the player reacts after conservative yes, management? Yes, absolutely. We do that a lot, and there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. Um, surgery still has risks, and sometimes the risks can outweigh the benefits. It's the same with the neat player. Michael, you've got a conference coming up at Manchester United. Um, what can our listeners expect to hear from that conference? Yes, so Tej, this is the inaugural conference at Manchester United Football Club Medical Conference. Um, Arsenal have run a very successful one in the past down in High uh, Highbury with the Emirates Stadium. I think it was in Highbury one time. Um, and this is the first one up north um, on this sort of scale. So we're going to get experts in the area of the hip and groin, um, uh, international and world famous experts. Um, Damien uh, Griffin, who is Professor of Orthopaedic Surgery at Warwick University, who wrote the was a lead author on the Warwick Consensus on Groin and Hip Pain. Um, Jan Bichotti, who was at Inter Milan, who's now uh, wrote the Italian uh, Consensus on Hip and Groin Pain. Ina Falve, who was the medical officer for the 
British Lions tour that's just taking place in New Zealand. He'll be looking to do examination of the of the hip and groin. And then our two Manchester United uh, colleagues, uh, Dr. Steve McNally, who is the uh, club doctor and head of medicine, who's looking at the role of imaging, uh, and also uh, John Davin, who'll be looking at the role of um, rehabilitation. And that will take place after a lecture by Bill Myers, who is one of the surgeons that we use from the United States in looking at the role of hip surgery. And finally, Wakabati, who is our radiologist, who will be looking at the role of imaging. Why did you choose to have it on the hip and groin? Um, well, it's a, it's a good question. We, we decided that that is often a neglected area and it's a, quite a troublesome area. Uh, we look, we're looking to expand that though next time and the time after if this is successful uh, conference, we'll be looking to expand it to other areas. But I think the hip and the groin, uh, we had a discussion with Dr. McNally about this and he thought it would be a good target to go to because it's often a little bit neglected when it comes to sports medicine conferences. And what was the rationale of having it at Manchester United? Um, well, uh, Dr. McNally has a long-term relationship with Barcelona. We were both out there at the, um, the training ground at Barcelona in, uh, I think it was almost a year ago now. And uh, they have run conferences as well. And uh, Dr. McNally was keen to try and see what we could do to replicate that at Manchester United. Um, I mean... You know, Manchester United is, is it's branding, it's we've got the facilities, and you know, we have the wherewithal to do that. And it was driven initially by Dr. McNally's wish to try and uh, do something at Manchester United to replicate what happens at Barcelona. And finally, just to finish off, uh, would you what tips would you have for any young clinicians who might face uh, hip injuries, less who have less access to imaging or resources? Yeah. Um, look, it's you know, imaging has a role in any diagnosis of any player, but ultimately it's still the clinical skills based on the history that the patient tells you and then your clinical findings. And that is as relevant today as it was 100 years ago, just after x-rays were invented. So ultimately, um, the tip is don't be diving in, trying to get some imaging done as fast as possible. Um, it's not always the case that you need it, you might need it later on, but an important facet of this are the history or the subjective history that the patient tells you or the player tells you, and then your clinical findings based on good examination, and that will stand anybody in good stead with or without imaging. The, those are very, very wise words. Um, Thanks for giving up your time, as I said. Um, there'll be links down in the podcast description for all the conference and other BGSM podcasts on groin injuries. And until next time, um, see you again. Thank you.